0: Hello, my name is Daniel Nenny, founder of SemiWiki, the open forum for semiconductor professionals. Welcome to the Semiconductor Insiders podcast series. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please post it on semiwiki.com and we'll get right to it. My guest today is Mike Eftimakis. Mike is, has an extensive background in the electronics industry with almost 30 years in senior technical and business roles. After innovating with companies like VLSI, New Logic, or ARM, he's now VP of Strategy and Ecosystem at CodaSip, where he drives the long term vision and its day to day implementation. Um, welcome to the podcast, Mike. Thank you. So, Mike, the first question I like to ask is how did you first come to the semiconductor industry? I mean, was this your childhood dream?
1: When I was uh, young, in fact, I was always interested in technology. And my first encounter with a computer was when I was 11 years old. Uh, I discovered that in a store, in a a shop. And and, well, basically, I was really amazed and I wanted to learn more. So I joined a club, et cetera, started doing programming. But yeah, programming was always kind of magic for me, um, how Things are working beneath the, the surface, and I always wanted to learn about that, so decided to go study electronics. And uh, after my studies, I had different uh, possibilities, but I really wanted to um, to do small things, like new tech, etc. And uh, that's how I started um, well, in VLSI technology, uh, doing semiconductors. So, so basically, that's coming from a passion for uh, innovation technology etc
0: do you, do you remember what computer it was that you first saw
1: oh uh, yeah it was a zx80 uh, a long time ago
0: ah <laughs> uh, yeah you know that that story is pretty much the same as mine i uh, got exposed to the commodore pet one of the first oh, commodore yeah, computers yeah. uh when i was in high school and I fell in love with it. And I actually went to university for computer science, but uh, I actually double majored because I too wanted to know what was behind the programming. <laughs> so uh, yes, yeah, similar story. I, I hear that story quite a bit. Um, so what brought you to Codasip?
1: I joined Codacip because when I was at ARM, I wanted to um, do more around processes, etc., And um, I saw that RISC-V was uh, very, uh, new and attractive and uh, well a billion a system so so I wanted really to um to discover that uh more seriously and uh and I looked at different research companies and what really attracted me to Kodazip was the fact that it was different it was not doing the same thing as arm or others were doing in the past. it was enabling companies doing something different the Custom compute. Uh, I guess we'll have time to talk about that later. So, um, so that that's really what attracted me, and yeah, I wanted to uh, to join the company for this reason.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you that Codasip is a, a very interesting, very innovative company. We've been working with you guys on SemiWiki for the past year, and uh, it really has been a good experience. So, let's talk about the technology and. You know so in your opinion what is the main challenge facing system designers at the present
1: as a system designer you always have plenty of constraints and um the the, the thing is that they continue getting more and more tight right you have to use less power you have to give more performance etc and unfortunately in the past, you had more slow to help you, and uh, you just had to wait and things would get better. Right now, it's finished. You you can't gain any more like that, and you have to be smarter. And, and that's, I guess, the, the main challenge for system designers, because at the same time, you have to be smarter to do more, well, to add more tricks to save power or increase performance while the design cycle itself is shortening so you have this uh, uh, this combination of uh, things that do not help you do a good job and uh and uh, and in addition to that uh, you you have an increase in complexity you you see that for example with ai the complexity of ai models increase at, at a crazy crazy pace so as a system designer, you you have to cope with all these uh, these constraints, and it's uh, it's really challenging.
0: Yeah, that that's for sure. So, how has RISC-V redefined the processor landscape?
1: RISC-V is is here to enable a, a new disruption, uh, and and that's something that um, needs to be understood a bit better. So, if if I try to look back in in the past, in the past the the way to Uh, customize or to have a better product was to uh, play with the software and you with the board you could add components etc then at one point um, it was economical to create your own chips so you could differentiate by having your own chips and then now with risk 5 you have the possibility to have your own processes and this is another level, if you want. So, so uh, it's it's not just doing the same thing differently, it's about enabling a new capability for customers. So in the past, uh, open source, for example, enabled many people to design very complex applications uh, in software. The CPU IP have, has enabled the creation of large variety of chips all these SOCs that we see now. And in fact, what I think RISC-V is here to redefine, is the ability to redesign, adapt your processor to exactly what you, you need to do. And that's that's really new. It's not taking off the shelf IP, it's being able to have exactly what you need.
0: Right, you know, RISC-V, we, we actually started writing about RISC-V in 2016 but over the last two years, it's been the top, one of the top trending terms on SemiWiki, and it's just an amazing technology. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit more about this? Um, how does Codasip uh, enable custom RISC-V instructions?
1: Yeah, custom is really at the heart of RISC-V, and, and that's one of the reasons the creators of the standard uh, decided to create something new. Uh, this is because they saw this evolution the need to have new processes etc and this is what we call custom compute and 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 they they thought it wouldn't be possible without enabling customization in the standard and that's that's a critical element because you have to make sure that uh, that this is enabled by the standard and then you can design according to that and and what we have done at code is to embrace this uh, capability to customize it's not an add-on it's really something that we designed as part of our ip so so it, uh, it's really custom by design if you want uh, the, the benefit of adopting risk five along with this capability to customize is that you still have the compatibility so the uh, customization is integrated in the standard and you can still run standard application on all the calls all the rest five cores, if they use just the basic instruction set so you you have a mix of compatibility and ability to customize and that's that's really uh, really amazing but when i talk about uh, the ability to customize and being uh, designed for customization It's because we have something different. We have uh, adopted a methodology that enable our customers to do this customization and get everything around just the processor for their own use case. Because for example, if you add a few instructions to RISC-V, which is enabled by the standard, then you need compilers to be able to understand that. You need debuggers uh, that understand these new instructions. You need also probably models to be able to simulate all of that, etc. And if you do everything by hand, this is really painful. This is difficult. And that's where we are different. codesip has developed tools that can help you to generate all these necessary tools so the uh, uh, compilers debugger etc linker but uh, also generate the hardware along with that and the models so you write everything and that's where it's custom by design we have r- written all the ip in a high level language which is called codo and that language is a very quick way to describe your processor and it's very easy to change in a few minutes you can an instruction, you can change the behavior, etc. And then when you you see the impact of that, you can generate the um all the chain, the, the compiler, the, the RTL, even etc. So having this methodology is the only way to, you know, if you want, benefit from the customization, because if you don't have that, you have to do everything by hand and you have to write your compiler by hand, you have to write your models by hand, and it takes ages, it requires large teams, et cetera. So that's how we enable custom instructions.
0: Oh, great explanation. So Mike, you mentioned custom compute. So can you tell us what is custom compute?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a good question. The, um, basically, we have seen that with the need to gain better performance etc th- there's a need for different types of architectures you can't you can't just have cpus that are fixed we've seen that also with dsps um, ai engine and gpus etc so you, you have already have different types of engines for different workloads custom compute is going further than that it's the ability to really adapt the processor to the application so instead of saying oh yeah i have a general purpose cpu that can do everything you have processor that can that has been customized for a particular application and and yeah we also call this hardware software co-optimization because you you adapt the hardware to the types of workloads that will uh, that will run on that processor and by doing this you you can achieve significant gain you can achieve 10x or even 100x performance depending on the on the application and and that's that's something you cannot get with the technology you only have this capability to gain so much with the uh, adaptation of the processor so so that's that's what we call custom compute and um, I alluded to that when I said it's hardware software optimization. This means it is is really focusing on the application. And in our methodology, that is really a key element of of the methodology. It's the ability to try running your software and observing the performance of your software, how efficient the processor runs the software, even before you have a processor and we, we use this uh, high level language to uh, description with our tools to simulate the behavior of the future processor that you will get and and that is that is critical to enable a very, very short loop between okay ideas of changes or additional instructions etc that could be uh could be uh, uh, added to the processor and the uh, actual statistics that comes out of that and and say okay well this is efficient or this is not efficient so that that is that is really critical being able to do this loop at a high level before you start uh, converting your processor into rtl and uh, and of course well our tools uh, enable that but uh, this is done in a second stage where uh, you then generate rtl and you can verify the rtl etc
0: Oh, got it. So, what markets are you focusing on? You know, who would benefit from custom compute, and why?
1: Well, I, I explained this uh, earlier. The uh, critical part to to be able to optimize a processor to an application is to have some kind of knowledge about the software. So, so you have you have to have an application where you know what kind of software will run on the processor. So you don't have to know exactly which software, you have just to know what are the uh, traditional algorithms you would run or the typical operations you would need to do. And, And that will help you. So basically, custom compute is useful when you know the type of software you will want to run. So if you want something very, very generic, that would not help uh custom compute would not help Uh, if you want something that is specific to an application then it will help so the ability to to know or control what kind of software will run on the on the processor that's that's critical afterwards the type of market it can be anywhere and we we see that with our customers Um, we have customers uh, in well, that design things for smartphones or uh, for AI applications or for uh, any kind of embedded uh, systems. It's generic in terms of technology. It's not specific to a market, but it's useful for those who really control what they do. And those the, the types of companies who benefit most from that, of course, there are the chip vendors when they have a processor that is embedded and dedicated to a certain task, that's really useful. Or um, when they want to, to do a chip for automotive, for example, or chip for AI, they, they, they benefit from that. But the, the companies who benefit most are the companies that can see the whole system and um, that control everything in the system. Uh, companies who manufacture products, the OEMs. And the, these uh, these types of companies benefit a lot because in that case, custom compute can help them not only uh just focus on the on the processor and its optimization but focusing on the on the whole system and see how the processor can benefit or the the new features you add in the processor can benefit to the whole product and uh of course it's also valid for hyperscalers etc but uh, th- that's the concept when you control the the whole system you you have uh, Higher gain from, from that, but still, it's it's valid when uh, as long as you control hardware and software.
0: Uh, interesting. Well, that's a big market, Mike. You know, most of the system companies are building their own chips now, as you, as you mentioned. So, one final question: um, How do customers normally engage with Codasip? I mean, I know I see you guys at conferences. What do you have coming up?
1: Yeah, we we will be present at the Risk Five Summit in, uh, in Barcelona. Uh, uh that's coming soon um dac also is coming and will be there Uh, but in general if you can't be at these conferences uh we are available on the web codasip.com it's very easy to find us and uh, contact us
0: there great hey mike it was very nice meeting you Thank you for your time. And hopefully we can get an update from you uh, later on this year. And, of course, we'll see you at, at DAC. I won't be in Barcelona, unfortunately, but I'll see you guys at DAC. Okay. Yeah, of course. That concludes our podcast. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.